Amen. Oh, man, it's so great to have all of you. It's so great to see all of you. And we know so many are watching online as well. It's such an exciting day for sure. Um, as I have previously mentioned, I'm going to close out the sermon series today. This will be our final message on the sermon series of Jesus Is. And what we have been doing is looking within Scripture to clearly see a definition of who Jesus is. Not necessarily just what he was, um, but even who he is right now in your own personal life. You know, taking these traits and these qualities and these characteristics of him and seeing how they can be an encouragement and adapt those to our lives to bring application so that we are living a life that is aligning up with the very traits and characteristics of who Jesus Christ had. We've learned several things in the last several weeks, and we learned that Jesus was our teacher and is our teacher, that he not only taught through scripture, but he also taught in ways of life example. He even taught of his own example and understanding that he went through some of the very same things that you and I are going through, that, you know, Jesus went through pain. He went through grieving. He went through sadness. But, you know, he also went through joy. He also went through expectation and excitement. We learn that Jesus is our shepherd, that he's leading us and he's guiding us, that he's taking us to greener pastures and he's there to protect us, but he's also there to discipline us. We learn that he was the lamb, the lamb, the perfect sacrifice of sin for, for our sin. We learned that he gave up his life for you and I. We, we read within scripture that not only did he die for us, but it even goes into detail that he was slaughtered for us. We learn that, and, and this is a great encouragement for us, that he's coming again. You know, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I don't think there's any of us that would uh, contradict that in any manner. We learned last week also that he is our miracle worker. Before I get into the topic of what we're going to talk about today, I first want us to look at our theme verse, and that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, with verses 1 and 2. And the Bible reads, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, that when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What we're going to look at today is Jesus taking on the role of God or Jesus being God. Why include this in this series? Well, I think it's an obvious thing that we live in a culture of tolerance, okay? And what we have done, in other words, is whatever you believe is fine as long as you don't, you know, th throw your belief my way. You know, you do as you feel and you believe as you believe. And that's not all right. That is not okay. In fact, Scripture, which is, we understand this, is absolute truth, clearly defines life to us how we are to live, how we are to respond, 
how we are to approach and who we are to live for. We see within scripture who Jesus is and nothing can take away from the truth of the matter of fact of who Jesus Christ is to us. So let's take a look in John chapter one. We're gonna read verses one through four. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, meaning Jesus, Jesus is the he here. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, again, referencing Jesus again, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has, nothing that was made that has been made. But in him, again, referencing Christ, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Now, if we skip down a few verses to verse 14, the scripture goes on. It says, the word became flesh and made his, meaning Jesus, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Now we also can look at the role of Christ all the way to the beginning of the Bible, taking a look at creation. When we look in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, which is another reference here with Christ being involved in our likeness. So we know this, that Jesus was at the beginning. We know that Jesus was the word and the word had become flesh. The Bible makes these declarations to us. Jesus made some declarations as well through scripture. Now, what you need to understand about a declaration, that is a formal announcement. So we're gonna look here real fast at two things or two announcements that Jesus had. And, and, and listen, they brought controversy, okay? The first one is this, we know this. Jesus claimed to be God. In John chapter 10, verse 30, the Bible reads this way, I and the Father are one. Now, religious leaders obviously were not happy about that. That brought major issue. In fact, we know this factually because Christ himself was crucified. Now, another claim that Jesus said was this, Jesus claimed to be the only way. He claimed that he was the only way for us to get to heaven. Jesus was one day talking with his disciples about going to heaven and in the conversation, he was claiming that he was going to prepare a place for them. The disciple Thomas spoke up and we understand who he is and his role. He has been labeled as the doubter, but the disciple Thomas speaks up and says, if this so, if this is so, then we need to know how to get there. So Jesus responds in John chapter 14, verse six. Jesus answered this way. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. Now, verse seven, I didn't give you guys this verse, but verse seven goes on and emphasizes this, that if you really know me, you will know my father 
as well. So we can understand this one truth, and that is that Jesus is the only way. My question to you today, and a challenge set before you would be, who do you say that he is in your life? What I want to do is I want to take a look at some key things today, some key statements, some uh, key promises for you and I that can help us experience more of Christ within our life. Now, it's one thing to have a knowledge of something, but it's another to actually experience it. Um, We read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. The Bible says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So how can we experience the different traits, the different attributes, the different characteristics of Jesus? Well, some of these things we should ask for, and that is this, experience his power. Again, not to just know and have a knowledge, but to experience him, experience his power. We can, we can believe something, but it's different to experience it than it is simply just to believe it. You see, believing can be defined as a head knowledge, but an experience takes the head knowledge and fuses it together while within our emotions, causing it to be something that is tangible, causing it to be something that we can feel, an emotion that we can feel, something that we can experience within our own lives, the, un, the, you know, the impossible or the unimaginable take place, experiencing the power of Christ. Now, we know this, and I used this story last week of this man who was blind. And his friend had heard all about Jesus and what was happening when people were in contact with Jesus and when Jesus was ministering to them, that healings were taking place, lives were being transformed. And so this man brings his friend to Jesus and he says to Jesus, look, if you would just lay your hands on him, he would be healed. Well, Jesus does something totally different. The Bible says that he, 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 he bent over, he spit on the ground on some dirt. He made mud of it, put it in his hands, and then he smeared it on the man's eyes. When the man had washed the mud away, we know this, that he could what? Then see. This was a great moment in his life. He went from hearing and having a knowledge of what Jesus could do and actually experienced the power of Jesus in his own life. My desire for all of us watching and and here on this property is not just have the head knowledge of who Jesus is, but also get to experience this power in your life. The Bible says that these religious leaders went to his mother and father and they begin to question 
And they stopped him and they said, look, he's a grown man. Go ask him for yourself. Well, John chapter 9, verses 17 and then verse 25 reads this way. Finally, they turned again to the blind man and they said this, what have you to say about him? In other words, they were saying they wanted to, to, to um, have a confidence or, you know, an assurity that, you know, is he who he says he is? Is he doing the things that we have heard that he has done? And the blind man replied, he says, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You know, I, I, I think about this within my own life and, and I think about myself and I go, God, what are some of the things that maybe I have become accustomed to within my life that are not lining up with your plan, your purpose, your will? Have I become blind? Lord, cleanse me. Show me the ways of what needs to change within my own life. God, I, I don't want just the knowledge of what needs to happen, but God, I want to experience this power. You know, Jesus wants all of us in our lives to experience his power. How do we experience the power of Jesus within our lives? Well, I want to help you out. For the believer, for the Christ believer, that power is available to each and every one of us. In fact, in Acts chapter one, we see here that Jesus was telling his disciples that things are going to change. In other words, when he's gone, things are going to change. But he says, I'm leaving with you something here. And I, I want to read this verse in verse eight in Acts chapter one. It says this, but you will receive power. Now in the Greek, that word means dunamis. And how that is defined is simply by this one word, explosive. So Jesus is saying you're going to receive power or you're going to receive this explosive power within your life when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of this earth. And then the second thing we can experience is experience his presence. I want to help you out here. There's no substitute than experiencing the presence of Jesus. There's, there's nothing else that you could allow, no environment, no substance that could ever enter in you, that could ever be any greater than the presence of Jesus Christ. Paul was communicating to the church of Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 through 25, the Bible reads this way. But if any unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying or everyone is teaching, right? He will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, explaining that God is really among you. What Paul is saying here is that when you encounter God, 
when you encounter the presence of Christ, that encounter brings others to the relationship of Jesus. I, I always communicate this, and I say this, that Jesus is contagious. He's absolutely contagious. People are attracted to him. We see within scripture that wherever Jesus went, people flocked to. Even to this day, you're in gatherings like this here on this property, or you're sitting within your homes, your living rooms, or your kitchens, and you're watching online with us this morning. You have gravitated. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Do you know this? That God's presence does something very important. God's presence changes everything. Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. Moses himself says, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us from here. Anywhere we go within life, we need to understand this. God's presence is with you. As a Christ follower, you have God's presence with you. What type of environments are you allowing God's presence to be a part of? What type of conversations are we allowing God's presence to be a part of? What type of activity are we bringing God's presence in to be a part of? When we are mindful that God's presence is with us within our lives, that should change and that should shift what our decisions are. It should change and shift our actions, our reactions. It, sh it should change and shift our conversations. We must become more desperate for the presence of God, seeking it in every aspect. The follower of Jesus, we should be going after it stronger every day. Now, nextly, and I love this one, because when we experience who Jesus is, we experience his peace. This one kind of goes to another level of special. Jesus never told us that this life would be easy. And in fact, there's some promises that he actually gives us in John chapter 14 in verse one and then verse 27, he says, don't let your heart be troubled, but trust in God, trust also in me. He says a promise here, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the, Lord, as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, I have witnessed in my own life moments of anxiousness, uncertainties, not having clarity, going through different pressures. But there always seems to be this sense of calmness. One that if the world around me were to take a look at, they would say, why are you not responding this way or that way instead of you responding peacefully and calmly? I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, you know what I'm talking about if you're a follower of Christ. You can't necessarily put your finger on it and, 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 and clearly define all of it other than saying this. It's only because of Jesus Christ. You know, we read uh, in, in the scriptures where it says that we are to cast our cares on him. 
And when we cast our cares on him, what we are truly doing is we're giving up these anxieties. We're giving up these uncertainties. We're giving up these fears. We're giving up these angers. We're giving up these relationships. We're giving up these financial matters. We're giving all of these things over. And when we give it over to him, he replaces that emotion with peace, a calmness in the storms that we live in, a peace that knowing that regardless of the outcome, Jesus has not left us. Regardless of the outcome that this season, it will pass. That regardless of the outcome that my future is secure in Jesus Christ. And that leads me into our final point this morning. And that is this, Jesus is, one of the traits of that is simply this, experiencing his salvation. Many of you today, and you're here on the property or you're watching us, you've experienced just that. You know what I'm talking about, about the presence. You know all about the peace of God and, and, and experiencing the peace of Christ. You've experienced the salvation. But I would also say that there are many who could be here on the property or watching us this morning that you've not experienced this. You've heard a message series that have outlined only a few marvelous traits of who our Lord and Savior truly is. He's so much more, so much so that it can't clearly be defined. We can never list all that Jesus is because he's so much to all of us. Romans chapter 10, verse nine says this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a promise given to all of humanity that you will be saved. All it takes is a simple decision to say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Change me from who I am into who you have designed me to be. This is a promise. This is a trait. This is a characteristic that he's given to all of us today. And all it takes is for you to make a simple decision that says from this day forward, I will live my life serving Jesus Christ. So I would ask wherever you're at here, watching us online, close your eyes to bow your heads for a moment. I wanna challenge you today. Maybe you have not made that decision to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. I would ask you, don't let another moment go by without making what will be, not could be, but what will be the most important decision that you will have ever made, and that is accepting Jesus Christ. And if that is you today, I wanna to pray this prayer with you. I ask that everyone repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Be my King, be my Master. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I repent 
of my old way of life. And I'm holding on to the future you have for me. From this day forward, I will live for you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Amen. Amen. You know, but you're here today as a Christ follower. You're watching online. And we have looked at some incredible things of who Jesus is. Today we can experience his peace. We can experience his presence. We can experience his power. And more importantly, we can experience and have experienced his salvation. I want to encourage you that as you leave this place, as you, as you finish watching us online, that Jesus is so much more than what we have even spoken of. That his promises are endless. His love is unconditional. It never runs out. He never goes dry. He will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. You are the apple of his eye. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for everybody today that you've allowed us to communicate your gospel message to. Lord, we understand this, Father, that you gave your only begotten Son, not all of us who would believe, to not perish, but that we would have everlasting life. And for that, God, we say thank you. Lord Jesus, we love you and we serve you. Continue to reveal to us who you are, and we will praise you and give you the glory and the honor. And God, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. We love you, God. We love you. Yeah.